You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. And Doug, how come every time you and I fill in, the Open always talks about you calling into Dan's show? Why, why, why is that? Uh, I would guess it was called Synergy, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, but everything or, or, is, or, and, or that I'm annoying, I, yeah, either one of the two. A little, probably a little bit of both. And Doug called in, and, and Doug called in, and Doug called in. I kind of dig it. It is cool. I'm like, you know, listen, I listen to your show. You listen to mine. We all listen to Dan. Um, it's cool to feel like you're kind of part of something, you know? And we've, we've, we've had this in two places now, so it's, it's, a, it's a neat deal. Happy Memorial Day to you. Yes, happy um, Memorial Day. Uh, um. You, the the unofficial end of of quarantine, I, I think, was truthfully probably last weekend. But uh, being out and about in Los Angeles, as I know you live, like, uh, it, yeah, it it it's it's over. It's uh, we've 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 made it. Whether or not the the scientists and sheriffs and police officers, uh, the the social distancing thing is like, yeah, we're kind of we're st- we'll still do the mask thing when we go to pick up our takeout, but uh, it feels like it's a bit a bit over. Yeah, this this weekend felt like it was the this was the tipping point to all right, we we've we've done the quarantine and now at some point I think everybody, no matter where you are as far as reopening, if you're someone who stays home all the time, if you go out, you wear a mask and you social distance, whatever it is, it feels like we we've made to that next level now. You know, what whatever what whatever that level is for us. If it's gonna be restaurants reopening pretty soon you know going out but i agree because th- this weekend i felt like you know not just seeing the news and and you know obviously when you see videos and of of you know crowded beaches and and you know parties in the ozarks and i just think of jason bateman and laura linney you know you see all, all pictures of this you go okay yeah, hopefully we don't rush too far but we're okay everything is just fine now and we're you know a foot from everybody and not social distancing but i, I think it's different like like this weekend we had uh, a couple of our our best friends over and, you know, they practice social distancing, so we were okay with having them over. And we, you know, we had dinner together on, on Saturday, and it was really cool. And it was fun. And, you know, still, you know, our daughters are, are best friends, so we were like, okay, don't get too close to each other still. But, you know, everything is, you know, it's all right. You know, you know play and have fun. And I got to say, it was, it was like a fresh breeze that, uh, that came through. And I think as, as yeah. long as you can do something like this and, and continue to wear masks, you said wear masks and, and not – get inside people's space because that's going to be a big thing. You know, you could get next to people in the store. They're going to go, Hey, Hey, Hey dude, come on, man. Come on. You stay six feet away from me. Uh, I, I think we've, we've passed that to the, whatever we are doing that next phase uh, of for the American people for us, we're at that right now. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I, I took my kids to a buddy's house yesterday and uh, one of his two kids just, you know, like some kids are really, really social and they had done, they had kept their kids away from everybody. And so even though there was an age gap of, you know, like t- two or three years with my youngest, my, with, with their youngest, like the two of them are playing in their pool, like they're, they're best friends. And if I went to, if I went to get my son and woke him up and said, Hey, what was that girl's name you played with yesterday for seven hours? He's like, I have no idea. I have no idea. None. <laughs> That's the beauty of being a kid, right? Beauty of being a kid is you cannot know someone and have a best friend five minutes later, and then five minutes after that, not know the other person's name. Just like, I don't know, that girl, she was cool. That was fun. 
Yeah. You want to go play with her again? Uh, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, great. Can we warm? Yeah, we're there. Cool. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. Did you watch the match yesterday? Yeah, you know what? Honestly, going into it, it wasn't my thing. Because I, it just it just wasn't. I'm like, you know, how how much do I really want to see, you know, Tiger and Peyton play golf against Phil and Brady? And I'm like, ah, you know, because it's just a, it just had the feel to me of this is something that you know a few years ago they would tape and run in the off season, right? Like this, hey, you know, this is like a perk, you know, for yeah. for uh, for Phil and 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 uh, and Tiger and Brady and man, yeah, we we're gonna tape this and run it in the off season, kind of like you know when you get the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge or something on a beach, you know. You know, it wasn't it wasn't kind of my thing, but I got to say when I had it on and, you know, we're doing things around the house and, and kind of checking in, it was kind of fun. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just think it it struck the right tone of, hey, we're going to have sports. Here we are having fun doing it the right way and and it's it's for the biggest stars in all of sports you know Barkley is talking on the broadcast and you, you're getting a bit of trash talk between the, the you know between everybody and I I was I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed watching it and I did enjoy Tom Brady getting made fun of on Twitter for the most part too yeah, well, I mean, that's, I think, why you didn't want to watch is your bitter AFC Jets fan watching, you know, the two, two guys that, that stuck a, a, a knife through any AFC fan's heart for, for years p- play golf. Um, <laughs> I could let that go. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be the guy. I'm going to be the guy and say, like, I, I like Tom Brady, but there's just doesn't feel like, like Tom Brady and Hot Mike, they, it's not that they, they don't mix. There's just not a lot to him in terms of he doesn't have, He's not Peyton in far as trash talk. He's not a dude. He's like, again, uh, obviously he's a better golfer than I am. And, and you know, what's amazing about that thing is I don't care how good a golfer you are. If you, and, and, or how good a football player you are. And, and people think, well, you have the, the ability to process all the pressure and still you know perform like that's great. But golf is not what you do. And when you got a camera following around every shot, like, Think about when you play a, uh, your even your best golf match. If there's a camera following you at your best golf match, there would be a shot to where you're really, really embarrassed, right? They're just, oh my gosh, I can't believe I clanked that one. Um, so for the first, for the, for the most part, they were all spectacular. I mean, I know those guys are good golfers, but to perform that well with that big an audience was, was pretty special. Um, but I just, you know, like Tom Brady's like, you've had this. Everyone wanted to book Derek Jeter as a guest when he was a Yankee. Right? Like the, the the big booking was like, hey, can you get Derek Jeter? And then you get Derek Jeter, and Derek Jeter doesn't have much to say. You know, he's he's a he's good looking, he's classy. I'm I'm sure he has some swag. Otherwise, he wouldn't be running game to all the beautiful women before he ended up getting married. And I'm sure that Tom Brady has that too, just not with a hot mic on. And so there was just it well, there wasn't a lot there there for me. Um, you know, Tiger and Phil, I, I feel like they, there should have been, I mean, Tiger was, was in a different mode. Obviously the rain didn't help it either. You have the rain early and the rain late. Uh, it, it didn't help it. And they kind of just trudged through it, but it, it was, it was very nice background entertainment. And it was one of those, it's good to have golf on as background entertainment. Uh, but now we need the real, the big boy sports to step up. 
Yeah, you know, the, the thing with Brady is that you know, unless you're asking him about uh, health and wellness, I, I don't know what you're going to get. Like, if, you, if they had said, hey, Tom, boy, I'll tell you, if you'd worn your TB12 pajamas, maybe that shot would have gone in, he would have talked for 10 minutes. He was, well, you know, the benefits of TB12 pajamas are proven. He would have started going through this whole thing. But that's just not who he is, you know? I mean, right. it's, it's hard because we were so surprised at Peyton Manning. You know, like nobody thought Peyton Manning had any personality. Like when he came into the league and he was good and it was, wow, Peyton Manning's coming in, he's going to take over and, and, and winning all, you know, winning as much as he did during the regular season, he would falter during the playoffs. He kind of had the, the opinion of him was kind of like of Eli Manning. Here's a guy that's really good, but he falls short. You know, his body language on the field, you see the looks on his faces. Boy, Peyton Manning kind of looks sour and but then suddenly he started doing things like hosting SNL and doing these direct TV commercials and now doing the, commer- the, the NASCAR commercials and, and doing commercials for insurance companies. And you realize, wow, this guy's got a personality and it's, and it's carefully crafted and it's not something where he talks all the time, but he always seems to have something fun to say. And Brady's not like that. Brady is someone who will talk and will say things, but he's always so guarded when whatever he is talking about. He's, he's never been someone to, to lay somebody out or to throw somebody under the bus or say anything. And, and even, you know, Peyton was someone who did that during his career when he called Mike Vanderjack an idiot kicker, uh, you know, miss, missing, missing field goals for us to, to not advance in the playoffs. But Brady, the thing is, Brady's just not that guy, and his personality is kind of awkward. And certain times when I've seen him do well has always been scripted. Like when he was on Entourage, I don't know, you're an Entourage guy when, when it was mm-hmm. on? All right, when he guest started on Entourage, when he played golf with, with uh, he was playing with, with Turtle and they had the whole back and forth about how, the, how much Turtle's a Giants fan didn't want to talk to Brady. I mean, that was fun. But obviously, you know, Brady's given the lines to say and he executes them. But just like kind of freestyling on the course, you could tell that's not his forte. And when he holed in, you could tell he just if cameras were not, he didn't want to just blankety blank Charles Barkley the entire way. You could tell like he was close to a boiling point at that point during the first nine front nine because he just wasn't very good. No, uh, he, he wasn't. And it's, you know, you, you got to he, he's obviously super classy, dude. Doesn't want to lose this stuff. I would have thrown a club. You know, I would have, my, my reaction would have been different. Like his pants even split, right? Yeah. kept it together. That was, that was pretty, pretty amazing. I don't know. Like, you know, my, my, my takeaway was like, it actually felt a little bit more like a Reagan Memorial weekend with the exception of the NBA playoffs. That's what we're missing. Cause Memorial weekend, we, you know, we had the Indy 500, which I don't, I mean, as a kid, I used to watch, but I can't say that I've, I've paid that much attention to recently. There's always golf on, which again, It'll be on his background and I'll watch some. That part is normal, but no baseball, no basketball, no like one game to tune into. We're, we're still missing kind of that, that next step in getting us back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah, and for me, Memorial Day is such a big baseball day. Like, look, there's certain days during the during the calendar year that are benchmark days, right? For 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 certain things, and baseball has Memorial Day, baseball has Fourth of July, and also has Labor Day, right? Where, where are we? You know, right now we should be talking about where the you know the teams are out of the gate the first two months, who's contending because now you're two months in, and and where do we go from here? And that wasn't there. Usually, there's like the you know the the what the quadruple header on Memorial Day, right? Like the game start for us here. On, on, in Los Angeles, you know, not nine o'clock in the morning. Then you got a noon game. Then you got a three o'clock game. You got a six o'clock game or a West Coast game. You know, that's really what I was missing because as time goes on for me, it's more, boy, 
baseball real we, where is it like that's the that's the one cuz nba at least i feel like we had most of the season so even though now we'd be in the 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 crux of the the conference finals and 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 the nba finals which would be oh my god you know here we are we're we're finally getting to lakers clippers which is where we thought we were getting the beginning of the year and probably in bucks celtics maybe in the eastern conference you know I, but at least we had some of it and we had it we got to see it not having baseball not having it having it at all that's what sticks with me the most is that boy where is this and this is the one i keep looking at going baseball's going to come back it's they got to come back soon they got to come back soon because that's the one where i go okay where is it because honestly getting along without sports has been a little bit easier than i thought you know knowing full well they're going to come back at some point i don't know have, has it been tough for you have you gotten along with without sports you know living day to day and going well, through and not having stuff to watch or you know to react to every day that we do well, I mean, like, look, in terms of our jobs, obviously, you know, Tom Brady switching teams helped. The NFL draft helped. NFL free agency helped. Uh, some of these other, the last dance helped. Uh, it, it's been a different and a new normal. Um, I would say that, you know, like, I, I'm always a, a silver lining guy, right? Kind of try and find the end. Whether it's having dinner with your, with your, with your kids, which, you know, uh, spring, usually you're, we're playing so much baseball and doing so much other stuff that you're not sitting down at a dinner table. Um, you know, the homeschooling thing, like you actually get to see your kids uh, kind of work things out and, and, and check their work ethic in, in school, whereas otherwise everything is secondhand. I actually kind of dig that. And, and my kids on some level like it. Um, so, so that, that pushes you through like the sports stuff. I mean, honestly, the, you and I talked about this before. Not having the youth sports is harder on a, on a dad than not having. Do, do I miss like right now? You're missing NBA playoffs. I I would disagree with you in terms of baseball right now. Like right now is NBA meat of NBA playoffs. Do do we miss having that? Yeah, I mean absolutely. Th- those games are really good, played at a really high level, and you forget how how close so many of those series were, even going to last year, Toronto, Milwaukee, etc. But but in terms of my day to day, not having youth sports, I think is is more difficult. I, and like, look, last weekend where I live, they had you know like, hey, we're gonna do like a social distancing baseball and see who shows up. And you know, they thought they might get like nine kids, like there's like thirty kids out there running around because not only the kids miss it, but the parents miss it too. So they just want to <clears throat> see their kid go out and play some ball. So I think that's been the hardest part more than anything. Yeah, because I I can't. I can't wait to get to see my daughter go out and play sports again. Obviously, she's she's really missing her friends. You know, they get to Zoom and, and they get to you know FaceTime a lot with each other, and that's cool. But I miss seeing her play uh, play soccer. I miss coaching her in softball, and I would much rather do that than try to do math because I, the, I'll tell you the math they try to do now, and I, I I can't believe that anybody is is succeeding with this. Anybody, if you have kids and and you're trying to help them with math, it's so different. From how we learned math when we were kids, everything else I get like, hey, you know, with English, with with English, with with writing, anything else, a project, great. Then it comes to math, and I go, oh, I don't want to tell you how I used to do this because this is not how you used to do it. There's all these rows and columns, and you know, whether you're doing Common Core math or not, I go, yeah, and she, and she'll tell me, yeah, my teacher would want to have me make these columns, rows and rows here, and this is how you do this, and, and this is how I go. You don't just you know division and do five into here and do that. I go, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do here. So um, I'm just going to kind of fake it and hope that uh, this, you know, whatever I'm doing helps you a little bit because 
the math is what I really I, – I, I just, I'm just blown away with how, how math is being taught now. It just, really, I'm just like – and I, 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 I got to tell you my math theory here on this, okay? You have so a math is, theory. Uh, okay, good. Okay. I do have a math theory. Well, this is kind of is stolen from my late father's clothing theory. So my dad used to always say, like, you know, the, the styles, what it is is you can't have pleats forever. You got to have flat front pants. Why? Not because anybody didn't, didn't like pleats. They just have to sell more pants. So you have to change the style just a little bit every year. If you don't change the style, why would anybody go and buy new clothes? It's like, hmm. And I was thinking about that with math. It was like, look, the old carry the, you know, carry the number, you know, added, line it up, add it up. Like that stuff worked for a long time, but can't sell new math textbooks <laughs> unless you have new math. <laughs> that's my, that's my working theory. So math as a business model is what it is. Yes. Not, not, not math being universal and, you know, division, you know, di- you know, dividing seven into 52 has always been the same, but there's new math and there's money to be made. And so math as an industry needs to be yes. doing it differently for that. That's it. I yes. never thought about that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to run that by uh, uh, my daughter's teacher and see, and see what go. they think. Hey, you I mean, just try to make the, money. On even this. the, even the teachers would be like, I have no idea. What I'm teaching this. <laughs> I don't, uh, we have to, we have to learn a new way to teach this. I remember that from like last year with my son, he was in, in fourth and, or no, maybe, maybe two years ago. Uh, we had a, a teacher and she was like, look, I'm learning. I've been doing this 20 years. I'm learning this new way to teach math or whatever. You'll learn it. And I've just checked out a little bit. Like I, I help my, I help my son. I'm, I'm sticking with, with fifth grade, eighth grade algebra um, is, I, I feel like it's very, I remember some of slope, but I don't know a ton of slope, but like, look, that's the things that we, that we've gotten. And I think we'll look back and we'll say, okay, well, we, we lost out on an NCAA tournament. We lost out on spring NCAA sports. We lost out on a kickoff to baseball. We'll see if we get it back. We lost out on basketball. I think we're getting it back, but it's going to be much different. Um, and, and, and what do we gain? There'll be, there's pros, there's cons, there's plus, there's minuses. It's not the worst thing in the world. We have learned you know, to watch documentaries, which in the past, you're like, uh, documentary. Now suddenly Lance Armstrong's coming out and, and just lacing the world with F-bombs at the start of his documentary. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, the, the, in summation, there is a lot of good in the uh, kind of pause that we've pressed in American sports. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. Hit us up on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show. You know, today is a very big benchmark day. There's big NFL news as far as what they're looking for as they look to come back. We get into that coming up later on this hour. But the NBA returning, suddenly now there's momentum in a sport that didn't really look like they really cared all that much about coming back. Doug and I get into that, and we absolutely remember a legend coming up next right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Dan S today on Memorial Day. Whether you're having a social distance barbecue or hanging out, going to Target, be safe. Target's never a place that, uh, it's kind of like the wild, wild west Target, especially the last few weeks. What, 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 when, you go, when you go to score, stores, Doug, how, how big are the lines when, when you go in now? Like, are they still like up, up around, they like wind around the back and the, the front of the store going in, or, or are you able to get in pretty easy? Uh, I've only been to Target once and it was, I kind of nailed the timing. They had like seniors morning. 
So there wasn't a, the seniors were all piling out. They got there at one hour to shop, whatever, and the the line was short. Um, wow! So you did that, huh? You decided. I, I feel like there was a, there was screw it. I'm going in when 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 it's senior time. No, no, no. Like like <laughs> eight to nine was seniors, and uh, we rolled up at like nine oh five, and we you know like they had to wait till all the seniors you know came out, and then they're like, all right, and we 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 were one of the first kind of groups in um i thought it was like a scene from i don't know it was curb or something like it was like a scene from curb when i went to first time I went to home depot in that you know they had the the spots that you have to stand on and we had some friends who were um not right behind us but like a spot behind them so we're having a conversation about like how you doing what you guys been up to what are you getting at home depot meanwhile like there's a couple that's standing in between me and this other dad and it's a very funny conversation, but for the most part, yeah, the line stuff is done with a, with a couple exceptions. Now, a couple of restaurants that are really popular or donut shops in the morning that are really popular. Uh, th- those are the only ones with lines still. And I just, honestly, I know I don't have the patience. So if I can't mobile order and walk up and pick it up, I just, I'll get, a, I'm on to the next, I'll go over somewhere else. So, Hey, are we good? Where, where are the donuts dad? Yeah. Sorry. No, there was a line. So There's you didn't wait. No, no, I moved on. What'd you get instead? Nothing. <laughs> I well, just, like I you know, there's like these home. like handcrafted like three dollar a donut. Like I would get them for me, but the kids don't really care. Like yeah, I'll just go around this corner and go to the the coffee and donut shop. They don't care. <laughs> just just inject the sugar into their veins. But my my point is that in terms of the lines, I just I'm not a big patience guy for for lines. So I've struggled with the whole thing. Um, but now that the lines are clearly down and. Um, although people, I think, are finally running out of that toilet paper that they hoarded, they're like, "Oh man, that that lasted a long time." I got to go back now. I got to go back for that second that second wave of of toilet paper now because I'm I'm out in my garage. Uh, you check things all the time, like your email, your ex's Instagram. But what about checking something as important as your credit? Discover makes it quick, easy, and best of all, free. Discover is now offering FICO credit scores, the score used by 90% of top lenders for free, even if you're not a customer. Checking your score won't hurt your credit, and you can check each month for changes. The Discover Credit Scorecard, free for everyone. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. That's discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations, they do apply. So... With the NBA this past week, and it's been a pretty big week, and actually big last few days, because uh, now finally it looks like they're starting a little bit of momentum in, in beginning the season as they are talking to resume play at Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex in Florida. Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo actually said over the weekend that pro teams can return to their facilities, and and certainly New York and California we thought would be the last two places to clear pro sports returning and now that that's happened that kind of puts everybody on an on an even playing field and I'm just glad this is happening Doug but still I kind of scratch my head because it's been such a slow play for for Adam Silver and the NBA I just wonder how much does each side really want to come back because everything has been yeah we'll do it whenever we'll put doesn't need to be done now we'll do it whenever I, I just don't get the sense of urgency that they were both really on the same page of actually wanting to come back and finish the season well I think there's there's a lot to it I mean obviously the owners want to come back they uh, on some level because uh, that, that TV money depends upon it. Uh, I'd say the playoff teams, there, there's a big playoff pool of money that's out there. The, the problem becomes, you know, if you're one of those bottom 10 teams or so, like the, the, the cost, like what, what is, what is the value in coming back? You know, do you get to develop this like summer league, you get to develop some younger players. 
Yeah, but you're not getting any gate. You know, you're not getting any parking. You're just getting expense. You're not getting much back in return. You're kind of doing it for the better, be, uh, betterness, a better, uh, yeah, betterness, betterment, 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 betterment of the league. And, you know, that's, that's a hard thing. I, I don't think any of it or very little of it had to do with anybody really being scared about getting sick. I just don't think that's the way any of these guys think. Um, I think it's more, hey, look, we don't want to, do we want to be in a bubble for two months when we have no chance to win games? Like what, what is kind of people don't understand the whole process of it, but I do think it's a ma- massive ship to turn around. It takes a long time to get these guys to go from being in peak level physical condition to not doing anything potentially. What, what you'll find though, is most of those guys have been working out anyway, on some level they've been shooting, they've been hooping, especially over the last couple of weeks. And I don't think it's honestly as, as hard to get most guys going um, but to answer your question, why do I think that there hasn't been the overall push, you know, two thirds of three quarters of their season was played. And a lot of those teams were ready for next year and they don't really want to be there. And that's a hard thing to convince at least a quarter to a third, maybe even half a league that you should want to do something they don't want to do. So let's just say, in, in trying to think the best way for the NBA to come back, I always think, and, and look at any sport now, whether it's NHL, because they have this big plan out there that they're going to take 24 teams and have kind of a play-in uh, with some of those teams for the playoff. I just don't know that that works for the NBA. As you said, the bottom teams have said it. Look, Steve Kerr has basically said, listen, we, we don't want to play. We'll be good partners, right? That was his quote. We'll be good partners if, if they want to come back and play, but basically saying there's no reason for us to return. If you just came back and you said, all right, what, what, what do we do? And you brought back the top four teams from each conference to play in the bubble and play for the championship. I think that solves as many issues as you can because you're bringing back the teams that know they can compete for a championship. So there'll be that built in excitement. Uh, and you're also bringing back less players. So there's less chance that someone's going to catch coronavirus and then what do you do do you keep playing do you stop do you isolate what if it's one of your best players how does it work i mean you're not going to be able to stop anybody from getting it if they do but just let's let's try to keep it smaller because it's always easier to keep it away when you have a smaller group as compared to a large group and then you can get it done in a certain period of time where players can say all right i i can go and i can be in a bubble city and it's going to be for a month at most And we have a chance to win a championship because there's only eight of us. We're already in the conference semifinals. And I think that works. And I think that's what the players will wind up eventually being sold on is that, hey, we're going to, we can win a championship. All right. We're ready. We're ready to come back. You know, the Raptors all want to come back and we'll figure out our way of, of, of going from the United, you know, getting to, from the United States to Canada and back. Uh, we'll figure that out somehow. So I think if, if you do that, that works. I think the more teams you try to involve, the, the more headaches, the more difficult it's going to be to try to get that. Yeah. And, and the way to get out of involving the teams that you don't want to involve is to simply go like, hey, we'd love to have them, but the numbers, you know, you, you, it, it becomes like, 3x in terms of security and safety and all that stuff the, the the issue you have when you invite the select number of teams is you have to have ramp up games you can't go from zero to a hundred that that doesn't work that that's a sure way to get one injury until you won't get the, the the level of play that you want so i would i mean if it's me i make them all get ready and play i play pool play you know some round robin stuff and then you have a play in for the I think you're going to have to go probably uh, 10 deep in each conference because you can't do the traditional eight play in eight playoffs because there's a clump, especially in the West, you know, 
And so you do some sort of play in for those, the bottom of the playoff teams. Do you have to bring back the bottom 10? You do not. And you can still make it work and still play, you know, East versus West in terms of warm up games because the East versus West is only going to play each other in the finals. And you can be smart and selective, you know, who plays the Bucks and who plays the Celtics and who plays those and who plays all the other kind of playoff teams, whatever. Uh, but that's how, how I think it's going to play out. It's going to be in Orlando, going to be only one site. It's kind of, you know, they're, they continue to kind of leak it out slowly and they're being really cautious about it. But I look, I think it's going to be the best. And, and most of, a lot of those guys grew up playing, you know, at the milk house or in other gyms, empty gyms in the morning and playing an AAU tournament. So I actually think it's, there's going to be some good that comes out of it. Uh, obviously we'll miss the fans and the fanfare and it'll be weird to decide an NBA champion uh, in an empty arena. But I think they're pretty close to getting over the, the last hurdle of, of deciding how they want to come back. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today here on Fox Sports Radio. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show. We got more NBA coming up later on in the show. But uh, this weekend, uh, we lost, speaking of basketball, an absolute legend as Eddie Sutton passed away at the age of 84, won more than 800 games, first coach to take four different schools to the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And Doug, to say that you guys were close is an understatement and you were the first person I thought of when, when I saw the news uh, you know I know the relationship that you guys have had him being your coach I, you know he backed you when 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 you potentially were in the mix for the Oklahoma State job uh, what what what's your reaction seeing this and, and and everything that's been going on with you the past couple of days um you know we, we if, if you've if you've had somebody in your life who one is a mentor but two gets to this point where the body just starts to shut down. You, you just, you knew it was coming. So it wasn't a, a terrible surprise. Matter of fact, the, the day or two before I'd been kind of alerting my teammates to what was going on. And we were trying to figure out like, does it make sense to go out there, especially with COVID, you know, he, he was in hospice, so we could have gone and seen him. And um, so it wasn't a, a, a surprise. And in many ways, the recent announcement that he was getting into the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame was, like that's what he was living for, you know. His his wife had died in 2013, and there were many times in which I'd go see him, and you felt like, okay, his coach gonna is he gonna quit? You know, does he is he done? Does he just want to go see, you know, his wife? And you know, I don't know if we were if we were good uh, friends or or the worst kind of friends because we'd always push him to like, hey, coach, you can you're good. Like we're always, we're here for you. You're going to be, you're going to, I mean, he had so many different little medical things and falls and, you know, if people saw him recently, obviously at, at games, he's very frail. And, you know, I, you started to get the sense of, okay, I, I understand maybe why you don't want to quit. And then we got to two years ago, there was the hall of fame announcement and he didn't get in. You're like, Oh man, gosh, golly. And then he gets in this year and you felt kind of at, 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 at ease, at peace with it. And I think that's where everyone is who's involved. Eddie Sutton was a great basketball player. He was a great mentor. He actually, my dad coached with him at Creighton, under him at Creighton. This is going back to the 60s. So my relationship with him goes, you know, almost to the time of birth. Um, he was he was remarkable. He was the first coach to take four different schools in the NCAA tournament. Uh, he reinvigorated our university. It was, it was really in bad shape in the uh, in the late eighties with the football program on probation, oil wasn't worth anything. They had no money and he saved college basketball and then for, for the school and then 
really saved the athletic department, which is now um, in, in unbelievable shape because of other people who have picked it up and Boone Pickens, who of course passed away uh, not so long ago as well. So um, yeah, it's like losing a second father. It was, it's, it sucks, but he was, you know, the lessons that he taught on and off the court are things that I teach to my kids. And I, I will tell to people all the time. And, you know, he wasn't, there wasn't anything super fancy about him as a person, him as a coach, but it was just about, you know, playing hard, being accountable, doing the right things, being a good teammate and all of those things you can apply to life. And like the thing that we all say, like we all talk about with each other and what happens when you play in college, I, I can't tell you this happens everywhere, but I do think most places, uh, but especially our place, you become, those are your best friends. And so every once in a while, when you check in with your best friend, you have these long conversations. We always bring up how right he was when he would say like, hey, if you can make it through my practice, if you can play for me, you can do anything. Like I, I purposely make this hard. I give you adversity because the adversity you're going to see in basketball and in life is much more difficult. But if you're not, but if you're not ready for it, then you know I'm, I'm preparing you to fail in the real world. And it's totally true. So whether it's, whether it's quarantine or changing jobs or different life things with your wife or with your kids, whatever you're like, you know, it, it's not that it does. It's not that it's not uh, daunting, you know, these, these decisions you make, but you, you can't come back to the, look, I've been through adversity before. I know how to get through it. And he was great at teaching that. What, what's uh what's the big thing? What's the big lesson from him that you teach to all your kids when when you coach whatever it is what's the one thing okay the first thing i always do that i learned that i learned from coach sutton was this what, what's the first thing you tell him well what happens my first argument w- with him was over which way we were forcing the ball defensively so in basketball you either force the ball to the middle or you force the ball to the baseline right now There's a difference there. When you force it, you don't open the gate, right? You're not like saying, hey, you can just go by me to the middle. But you want to steer a guy to wherever your help is. And and there's basically two two different. There's other philosophies. Those are the two basic philosophies. So we would we had a drill every day called one on one containment. And it's basically you're you're playing one on one against a guy who has kind of three dribbles on the side and he gets it on the wing, the free throw line extended. And I stopped and I said, coach, are we forcing middle? Are we forcing baseline? He's like, neither. We're not forcing. We're not letting anybody get to the paint. Keep them puppies out the paint. And I was like, all right, so we're forcing base. No, you don't let them get to the baseline. That's death. I was like, all right, so where, where are my teammates going to expect the, the driver? Like, you guard your man or you come help me coach. And I was like, yeah, but okay, but. You guard your man. You help me cause like, okay. And, and you know, like again, now you know, your, your 20 year old brain processes a little differently than your 40 year old brain. And now you start to realize like, look, uh, we force baseline by the way, for anybody who wanted to know. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we force baseline. Like that was like one of the things where all the guys like, Hey, hey we, we push him to the baseline. That's where we, we push, we seal, we trap, we rotate, we do all this anyway. And we actually had a, a much more ornate defensive philosophy and how we forced the baseline and we rotated out of it. And we did drills every day just for that. So it's kind of a crazy, but like, look, his, the, the premise is a really good one, which is like, Look, either you compete and play hard, okay? And look, we have guys that'll be your safety net if you need, or don't play. 
And that that's it was his same philosophy in school. Like I, I don't really I do this for school. Like I don't really care what grade you get, but if I see you're not working hard, I can't. You know, I can't be your safety net to help you. I'm not going to send a, a note to your teacher that you stayed up all night and you're studying and you didn't do it in your test and you'd love to get another shot at it unless I saw you staying up all night and studying. So I would say that's it. It's just the, like, it's, um, I think he saw the good in people. Sometimes he would take some second chance, second chance guys. I think he knew how to tweak kids and get them to play hard. I think he was, he did a great job of really establishing. He was in his sixties when he coached me and we still had a great relationship in that he knew everything going on in my life because he took time uh, every day to, to talk to literally talk to his players and get to know them, get to know their parents. But the biggest thing is like he offered no excuses. You either play hard and compete or go sit in the bench. And uh, that's something I implored today. Wow. And that was the birth of Doug Gottlieb, future sports talk radio host. Golly, argues with me in practice every day about when we tell be you. Pushing. I'm going to tell you why you should force baseline next on Fox Sports Radio. Right. I'm going to tell you why you should never allow a man to get two feet in the paint. This is Fox Sports Radio. Oh, my goodness. Great stuff. Uh, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan and the Danettes today. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show, phone number 877-99 on Fox. I will continue to remember uh, Coach Sutton throughout the show today. And I'm, I'm sure, Doug, you have a few more of us, right? Because I like the you guard your man and you come help me coach. I kind of like that. Yeah. Well, it was everything was come help me coach. That was <laughs> that was his way of saying you, you sit on the bench. Okay. You know, <laughs> you you. You, you take, you, oh, like if you get, he wasn't a, you know, some coaches, uh, they take you out if you get two personal fouls in the first half. Like that wasn't him. Like he was just like, you stop fouling or you come help me coach. <laughs> you, you, you take good shots or come help me coach. Run the offense or if one, you don't run the offense, you're going to come help me coach. That was, that was his thing. He also would do this deal where he would come down the bench and I, it took me like, I don't know how many games it was to figure out what he was saying, but I, I, I started just about every game for him over three years, except when I was in the doghouse. It was like nine games. So I didn't when, when you were helping him coach. Sucked. That's when that's you were helping him, him coach. I was helping him coach. Okay. But I'll never forget, like, the first game, you know, we're, like, playing, like, North Texas. is like the first game I ever played. And, and I'm playing, playing well, and I come out of the game, and I get some water or whatever, and he comes down, and he's like, you get ready to go in for Joe. And I was like, all right. What do I got to, like, am I supposed to do some stretching? Like, I'm good. And then, you know, there's, like, a, a minute goes by and he comes, he's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you in the game? I was like, well, you told me to get ready to go in for him. You didn't tell me to go in for him. Like, get, get down there. So I guess, <laughs> and it took me a while to like, that was his way of saying, get him. You know, like I had, I played for a coach in high school. It was just Andy grounds. Like get him, get him, you know, just, just get, he's so terrible. Get him. And then, uh, you know, John McLeod, I played for Notre Dame, would, would, would just come down, you know, and he'd be out and he'd come and he'd just point to you and he'd go, Dougie, and then he'd point, point, point in. Uh, so the get ready to get in for was, was an adjustment for me. Dan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb. Coming up next, hey, we got a little bit of NBA. We got into some of the golf. How about the sport closest to a big return of this Memorial Day? We'll get into that coming up next. This is Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb. In for Dan and the Danettes on this Memorial Day. As normally today would be a day where we'd be 
getting ready for the first baseball game of the day coming up in about an hour. All right, well, not quite, but I usually get that big Memorial Day quadruple header. And, you know, we mentioned this earlier in the hour, Doug. You know, Memorial Day is a big day for baseball. It's a day to take stock and look where, where you've been, where your team has been the past couple of months, where you're heading. Are you contenders? Are you pretenders? Do you need help at the deadline? Yeah, it's, it's a big day for that, and instead our day is – spent looking ahead to when it's going to come back. And, and I, I think the best news of, for all the sports right now is that baseball looks like they're the ones that have the biggest plan to come back the soonest as far as getting getting teams ready. Because, look, with, with, there's no negotiation about playing in bubble cities. They're going to be able to train in their home cities. And I'm, I'm fully expecting more than anything else, I'm fully expecting baseball uh, at some kind of spring training coming up within the next three weeks. I, I got to think they're going to get the money part of it done, and we're going to have baseball. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, the, the, the problem with baseball is you got to get those arms ready. And, again, I operate on the assumption most of those guys have been throwing some anyway, but are they throwing at game tempo? And then how do you, how do, you do it? And baseball, <clears throat> unlike really any other sport, but you know, because of the volume of games they usually play, they are really dependent upon gate. Now, their relationships with their, with their TV partners, with the local RSNs, they need that volume of, of games as well in order to economically make things work. But, but not having the home gate is going to hurt. Like, look, this is going to set us back a long, long time, collegiate sports, professional sports. And I think baseball is one that they're smart to get it up and going. Uh, and it's one in which you can, you know, it's been, it's been done all over the world that you can play baseball and, and use social distancing. The question becomes, how long does it take to get those arms ready to go? See, and I think when that happens, and where it takes three weeks, their plan of 80 games, I think, is really, it's, it's a little too ambitious. Because by the time it gets going, and they, you want to stick to some kind of normalcy for the calendar, it's going to be more like 60-ish games. You know, maybe you play 60, maybe 65 games. And if that's the season, that's the season. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if you get into, after they, they get into things for a couple of weeks, if some of the, the teams started letting fans in. And starting letting you know the social distancing. Listen, we can sell a ticket every six seats, and at least they can get some kind of gate coming in there. Yeah, <clears throat> look, I, I think that a lot of people are operating under the assumption it's probably a pretty fair one that as we lessen restrictions, um, that's going to be across the board, and it's going to keep getting lessened as we get into summer. And so you got to make kind of two contingency plans: one, as of now, and two. What about the possibility of things being completely opened up by summer that we just don't know? You just can't assume that because there is no promise of that day coming. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. Phone numbers 877-99 on Fox on Twitter at How About a Fresca or at Gottlieb Show. Uh, we'll have more NBA coming up half hour. we got Scott Miller from Bleacher Report stopping by. But coming up next, we have big news out of the National Football League. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio.